Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, welcome back for episode four of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. We had to start it over with our numbering. Our numerology. Had some people reach out and say like, episode four, is it three or 30? Like I'm confused. And it kind of makes sense. I didn't want to start over because selfishly there's, we put in a lot of work to these other shows and I didn't want to. We have pride. I didn't want to go down to zero again because we started a different show. And technically it's a different show. So I kind of understand why some people people would want to, we're not at zero now. This is four. (laughs) And four is a good number to be on because it's my favorite athletics number. Um, I don't really have any, well, I started wearing four in high school because of, well, for basketball, because of my favorite player at the time, JJ Redick. Hmm. But in terms of like professional athletes, like basketball or baseball or football who wore four, no one really stands out to me because I only wore four because of JJ Redick. And then I just kind of was stuck with four uh, for the rest of my playing career. I liked four. Although in baseball, I wore 31. I was always a number 10 guy. Okay. Like no matter where I went or what I did, like always number 10. Didn't matter what sport? Did not matter. Just 10? 10. 10's a good number. Always. Even even in soccer when I was the shittiest player. Yeah, that get, doesn't make I, any sense because in soccer, you're supposed to be the best player. No, our, our, our number 10 player wanted to be number two. So he was just like, I want number. Okay. Fine. Kawhi Leonard now. That's going to be the new number. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I think of number four, since my dad's like super old and ancient, he grew up listening to the Brooklyn Dodgers. And so the rivalry with like Lou Gehrig always in the in the background, like that was still fresh in everyone's mind. Vin Scully overrated. I'll say it. Why? It's my it's my uh, my favorite hot take that just drives my L.A. friends crazy. Uh, I just think he's he's slow and doesn't I mean, just tells these like long-winded stories that he's very monotone he doesn't have any enthusiasm um in the game just like it's not for me too much storytelling and not enough uh actual talking about the game who's your favorite i'm I'm from here so like so you're gonna be biased i love the chemistry between orsillo and mark grant is amazing they're the the funniest guys in baseball and some people will criticize them for it because they think it gets a little too wacky sometimes or it's like not always about the game. Hey, the Potters are a fun team to watch. And I want my broadcasters to have fun watching them and have fun together and like each other. And that's what they're, they're a fun team. So I think they're, I think they're the best in baseball right now. I, I wouldn't want to listen to anybody else except them. I mean, growing up with Vince Scully, right? I'm used to the, the stories and get him out of here. I don't want him. Nope. <laughs> too old school for me, but I respect. I respect it. I, I know where it's coming from. I guess that's. I guess kind of where it where, where it comes from. Fair enough. 
but my bias would be John Miller. That'd be my bias. He's good. I and, like John Miller. And for, for a national guy, well, he doesn't do national anymore, but when he did, I really enjoyed him nationally. Matt Vaskersian's fantastic. Right. Former Potters announcer. Do you know that? Mm. That's where he, he – I don't know if he officially started started there, but he was with the Padres before he went to MLB Network and became the big hotshot that he is now. I hate Joe Buck. And he had great uh, <laughs> chemistry with Mark Grant as well. On today's show, we have news, mostly just promotions to talk about. Austin Allen is back up with the Padres. Andres Munoz made his major league debut out of the bullpen. He's pretty, I like him a lot. He's good. Uh, came in after Stamen on Wednesday or on Saturday night in the, in the eighth inning. So that's something. Duke can throw gas. Xavier Edwards moved Got up from so low deep. A to high A, and he took the place of Mackenzie Gore, who was all over. Tw- I mean, if you follow Pottery's Twitter at all, you know these guys are moving around. Yeah. Mackenzie Gore got called up to double A. And I'm really sad because I actually wanted to see him. But yeah, we wanted to go at, check at out Lake the Elsinore. game. Yeah. Um, but Patino's still there. Go watch Patino, who was lights out in the Futures game. Mm-hmm. Came in in mm-hmm. the ninth. And runners on? Like, yeah, runners were on. Yeah. And he stole the show. Yeah. Just was blowing guys away. Showed three-plus pitches. I think people who were watching the game – who know prospects, so like prospect evaluators. No shit. Got to see, well, they know him already, <laughs> but um, they thought he stood out the most of pretty much any pitcher in the game. Yeah. And I, I watched a bit of saying it. something. I watched a bit of it with my dad, and at the tail end, he was starting to doze off, then woke back up, saw that, and he was like, who's this fucker? But you know, your dad said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's, he stole the show, I thought, yeah. in, the, in the last – I think he pitched two innings to mm-hmm. close the game out and was just striking everybody out. Um, looked great. Very, I'm very excited about Batinho. My dad, completely ignorant to what the game, what the game was, what game was going on, he was like, "Who does he play for?" And I'm like, "You, you have no idea." Like in two years, he and Gore (laughs) will be on the Padres, and they might struggle a little first because that's you never know. Sometimes guys come up and have immediate success. Sometimes it takes them a little bit to figure it out. But I think those two is developing young pitching is really important. So long as they don't sell them. We're seeing how hard it is to develop or to trade for pitchers that are already young, controllable assets. If you bring them up yourself, that's great, man. Pitching is so volatile and guys get hurt all the time. If you have a stable of young arms that can help out the big club, that that goes a long way. And it's expensive to develop. I, I'm of the mindset that you don't, you shouldn't pay for pitching. So like when guys are free agents, like Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole is going to be soon. Patrick Corbin just was. Uh, Verlander, Kershaw, like when you, these older guys are getting deals, Jacob deGrom is going to be a free agent, I think maybe next year or the year after or something like that. I wouldn't pay those guys. As good as they are, I would never pay for them because – Too expensive. They're, well, they're expensive, but you just can never be completely certain the health is going to stay constant. Like, are they going to be healthy for the rest so of their, the, the longevity of it? You pay them too much. And like anything on an, an arm has so many little moving parts in it <laughs> and it's an unnatural motion. And they, on top of things. Yeah. You, you never know. Like a shoulder could just blow out one day or an elbow could blow out. It's just the risk goes way up for pitchers compared to hitters. And I would much rather spend my money on hitters and trade for develop sign. I mean, sign is in younger guys, international free agents or something. Pitchers. I, I have some data from like 05. Let's, 
Ugh, that doesn't, that's 15 years ago. <laughs> no one gives a shit about your data from 15. Data's new every day, and you're giving me data from 15 years ago? That's ancient. Were there computers back then? <laughs> <laughs> that's such old data, man. That's not data. That's, basically, that's a history book you have. That's not, that's not data. I was going through the library and You're, I found a, I found a book that was a little bit relevant. So we'll 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 touch on it a little Barbara, bit later. That's old data. <laughs> I've got data from the 1900s. We could go over too if you want. Sure, I'm interested. Other in stuff on today's show: AAA All Star Game, Archie <laughs> Wawa's hosted and shined. So Ty France was there. We know Ty France, Luis Urias, who's been all over the news. People talk about Ur- Urias's second baseman of the future. Ah, uh, but he sucks in AAA right now. <laughs> he was good earlier. Uh, what he happened? Sh- Should have made the team out of all st- out of spring training. He didn't. Tatis did. Uh, we're going to talk about Arias a little bit because he's there's two arguments for for Arias right now, and we need to talk about him. Hashtag first take. Free Luis Arias. Anyway, we're also going to talk about my top thirty list, which is out on our website, friarfarmhands.com. Follow us on the new Twitter page also, at FireFarmHands on Twitter. We're starting to slowly expand our content, so it's it's a slow-moving process. But we've got the podcast. We're starting to add some written content. I have a, th- a top 30 mid-season list that's up for just the Padres, which is interesting. And that'll be updated every few months. And we're going to be slowly adding more and more content to that page as the year goes on. So keep an eye on that and our Twitter page. Also for for new information and updates and my general thoughts on pottery prospects and prospects in general. If there's anything you want to see, let us know. Tweet at us. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about Keith Law's prospect list, which just came out. He did a top fifty midseason. And Keith Law is one of the more respected names in the industry. He was on one of your favorites. Uh, he was on uh who was it, the Chris and Gwynn show the other day or something? Or I didn't listen to the show live, so I don't know what show he was on. But he was whenever he's sh- pumps out a list. He does the rounds and like talks about, you know, each team's individual prospects and where they rank on his list. Cause that's what we, that's only what we care about. Um, I care about some of the other prospects cause I just like prospects and I, um, follow, you know, the draft and I follow these guys careers early and where they end up and how they're doing. And I have guys that I like and I follow and try to keep tabs on and promote, but we, we want to compare his Padres, where his Padre, where our Padres rank on his list with where I have my rankings. And there are some differences that we can talk about. And we're also going to talk about this other first take topic, which is the draft. And the draft is finished, and the draft is applicable to us because we watch and care and follow the draft. And once you're drafted, you become a prospect. And this has been kind of a topic that's been, you know, in and out of the news over the last several years with all the sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, is does the draft have a place in American sports? Because abroad, if you follow, I don't know, Premier League or La Liga, there's no draft. So why do they not have a draft? Why do we have a draft? Is a draft only beneficial to owners, teams, organizations? Is it disingenuous? disadvantageous does it what's what's the word (laughs) disingenuous uh is it not an advantage for (laughs) players is it is it detrimental to players Mm. so is it un-american for the players how about that damn it's getting all unpatriotic does it take a big dump (laughs) on the flag 
four players. And some people think it does. So some of the guys that I, I like and respect and follow have talked about why they think the draft is bad for players and it only helps the teams and the owners. So we're going to talk about why does MLB have a draft and is it a good thing or not? And is it American or un-American? <laughs> <laughs> Do bald eagles hate the draft? Ooh. Oh, and before we get into uh, how American is the draft, is it more American than apple pie? So that's what we're talking about. So let's get into the news. But before we get into the news, I have a thing I wanted to blow by you real quick. What's the segue? There's no, se- there's no segue. <laughs> just a thing I'm just shoehorning into the middle of the show here. Go for it. So baseball, I was just, this is your random Ryan thoughts while I'm watching baseball. Uh, balls and strikes. How unimaginative is the term ball for a pitch that is not a strike? <laughs> like if you were inventing a game like baseball and the pitch is not a strike, like, hey, what should we call it? Uh, ball. It's like, no, get the hell. I would reject that idea immediately. That's a terrible idea, a ball. What would you call it? Glad you asked. So I have, I, I was running some things by, I was watching the game with my dad. Okay. And I was running some ideas by him and most of them were terrible. And then I got to one, <laughs> then I got to one that I think makes a lot of sense. Call it a take. Mm. Takes and strikes. A, I think they sound good together. Takes and strikes. They both have K sounds and S sounds like just verbally. I think they, they work as a team. Two. A take is already a ball. Like when a player takes a pitch, I'm using it in a sentence right now. A player does not swing at a pitch. What does the dugout yell? Hey, good take. It's a take. It's already a take. So we should be just... Good eye. Good eye also, but like also good take is used. I agree. So why can we just not slide take in there instead of balls? Balls is dumb. The only reason we use it now is because of tradition. But how about takes? What do you think of that take? It's a hot take. What do you think of my take right there? Takes. I'll take it. (laughs) No, do you actually, do you think it's a good idea? Takes and strikes. Am I reaching? I know I'm reaching. I'm going to ask you, I was going to ask, am I reaching? Of course I'm reaching, but (laughs) is it a good reach or is it a bad reach? Why would be the original? I don't want to have a whole 10 minute segment out of this. Just give me a yes or no. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Way to have an opinion. Okay. I mean, I, I can't really – I'm okay with balls. I'm all right with, with takes. So it's like, well, of course you're okay with balls. Everyone's okay with balls, but <laughs> <laughs> moving on. This is getting weird. The AAA All-Star Game. So this is the first thing we want to talk about in the news. The Chihuahuas hosted, beat the International League, those bastards, 9-3. to Pacific Coast League represent. Uh, so the three Chihuahuas that were in it were Ty France, Luis Urias, Austin Allen. By the way, fun fact about me, my grandfather played in the International League. No shit. For the, which city was it? Um, I'm blanking on the city. It was the AAA affiliate for the Dodgers in the the 40s. Montreal. So, was it Montreal? Now I'm I'm blanking. Montreal Royals, I was right. What year? 45. They won the International League that year. And I have a ball signed by the team. So that's kind of like my most prized baseball memorabilia item that I have. It's pretty cool. Just to have a ball that old, even though no one on it was really famous. <laughs> right. Uh, 
So my grandfather, I just looked it up on Baseball Reference. I've never actually looked it up before. He was 23, got 306 at-bats, hit a home run. Hey. Uh, he was, this is before the light ball era. He was, he was light, <laughs> light hitting. Stole a base, too, so watch out. He can run. Hit 256 with a 359 OBP. So you got some pedigree? He get, get on 360 on BP is fine. That's not bad. No power, no speed, but got on base. That's all you can ask for. You got something for me? I do. What do you got? So our family is like equally old as shit. And so we know that my grandfather had a brother when he came into this country. Great grandfather, rather, when he immigrated from Italy. One of those brothers, his name was one of the brother's sons, his name was Jim Barbieri. Jim Barbieri equally played with the Dodgers uh, in, like, what, I think it was the 60s? Oh, much different time. Much different, yeah. Played July 5th. That's when he played professionally. Major League debut, July 5th, 1966. And he was out September 24th, 1966 as well. Okay. <laughs> he had a bit of a stint. Uh, he only got 280, no home runs, nine runs. But, yeah, equally we have uh, the baseball pedigree. Played, cool. in, played in Japan okay. uh, in the 70s. Not Sweet. that not that I have any nostalgia, or rather, not, not that we have any nostalgic items. The only thing that we have that's, like, reminiscent of it is there's a picture that says, uh, that has a photo of him. Uh, from his back, signing a baseball to uh, somebody in the stands. And what is it? It just says Barbieri, number 13. Root for the home team that you won't get to see, like, in the Major League Stadium. And that was, like, an advertisement that they ran in the minors at some point. Somebody, a family member sent it to my dad, and he's got it posted up on the wall. That's okay. It's cool. Too bad they didn't play at the same time. That would have been really cool. That would have been interesting. Like, oh, I'd never looked at the baseball reference page, and there's a Barbieri, and there's a heart. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, anyway, so we were talking about the AAA All-Star game before we got derailed there. But Ty France, MVP, hit a home run. Our boy Luis Urias, who's having a couple bad months now, uh, also hit a home run in the game. France was also in the home run derby, lost in the semis to Yasmani Tomas, who I've bashed on the show is a is – a, <laughs> a guy that Preller tried to sign and was going to give a lot of money to, and thankfully we didn't. And he was terrible with the Diamondbacks, and now he's hitting home runs in the AAA home run derby. Uh, he beat France in the semis. So. Shooting ourselves in the foot. One of the Cuban guys I'm very happy we didn't sign. <laughs> and then uh, Austin Allen is also in the game, and Austin Allen's been promoted since then. So good for Austin Allen. I'm ha I like Austin Allen a lot as a, as a backup catcher. If we can figure out what we're doing with Hedges and Mejia, then <laughs> – I like where what Allen is. Maybe all, maybe Allen makes one of them expendable, and we can package them in a trade. We'll see. Trade bait. Left-handed also. I mean, he is switch hitter, but helps out Allen's left-handed. We're not a very left-handed oriented team, so uh, if Hosmer is your big left-handed batter, then that's not the best. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Luis Urias, who everybody diverse. has an opinion on. Uh, there's the free Luis Urias campaign, which is give the guy a chance because. He's 22. He's been up before. He struggled before, but he's kind of the future at second base. And I'm very over Ian Kinsler. And Craig Garcia is not the answer, although he's been fine this year. But you ask any Padre or ask any evaluator or fan or something, 
who's the future at second? It's supposed to be Luis Urias. So why, why don't we just give him a chance? Throw him out there, throw him into the pool, see if he can swim. This is the time to do it. We're, you're not going to win the division this year. And we're, the Padres were competing for a wild card for a little bit. But even realistically, not ready. probably not quite ready yet. And I don't think there's a re- – I get maybe we're trying to play – We the Padres are trying to play Kinsler a little because not only is he a veteran and we gave him a two-year deal, but he's potentially trade bait also. So he's got to play. If he's sitting on the bench, there's no value in him. Garcia is not really trade bait. But Kinsler definitely is. So there's not really room for Urias right now. At the same time, I think the kid's got to play, regardless of what he's been doing in AAA, which was he got off to a really hot start. And since that hot start, going by month here, OPS for Urias, in April he had a 13.26 OPS. May, 10.70. Those are outstanding. But this is also AAA, so Pacific Coast League hitters, hitter haven. Juice ball. Especially about, especially El Paso. This is before juiced ball. Now they're using MLB <laughs> balls. Plus it's the, just the locations are like Albuquerque. Hot. Uh, El Paso. The, it's hot. hot. There's altitude. Ball Dry fly, air. Ball flies. Yeah, it's hot, altitude, dry air. Like it's all, it's a recipe for home runs. Home runs. And he's been mashing. And then in June, 817 OPS, July 776. So he's been trending in the wrong direction. <laughs> but at the same time... <clears throat> I kind of don't really care because he's proved to me already that he's good enough to warrant a promotion to major leagues, to the major leagues. So I just see like with a, with young talent, the whole team is young talent and we're trying to build this roster up through the, through the minors up, have these guys all together at the same time. And it, when they're all up, you add pieces around them like Machado, Hosmer, you supplement them. And I don't know why the Padres ever signed Ian Kinsler. I didn't understand it at the time. I don't think most people understood it at the time because that's a, you're immediately blocking Luis Urias's playing time. And Kinsler didn't even really have a good year last year either. So what are we doing? It's like, I, I would just like to see him play. And I know some people are just pissed off at his production so far in the last couple months at El Paso, regardless of how he did the All-Star game, that he was an All-Star. He was an All-Star because he just had the hottest couple months and for the season still, as bad as he has been the last month, he's hitting 323 on the season at El Paso with 18 home runs. 18 home runs and the kid's 5'9", a buck 85. He's a, he's a little guy. Power's not his game. He's not going to hit for power at the major league level. But he's what I want at the top of our lineup. The lineup is full of the most power hitters the Potters have ever had. And they're talking about trading Renfro, Machado potentially. Not Machado, sorry. Reyes potentially to free up some of the outfield so I guess the the rotting corpse of Will Myers can play. He's been terrible lately. But the team is just built for hitting solo home runs right now. And you're we're hitting home runs, but we're still the batting average is terrible, the on base percentage is terrible as a team. You need table setters to just get on base. So now these solo home runs are maybe two run homers. And that makes a huge difference. So you hit three home runs in a game, instead of scoring three runs, maybe you're scoring five or six. And that's above league average. You're going to win a lot more games, scoring five, six runs. He's just—he's like the perfect kind of player that I want at the top of the order. Gets on base. Not a stolen base machine, but I don't really care. Just a guy that's aggressive on the base paths, can do things on the ba- beat out infield singles. You know, uh, getting a score from second on a base hit, like little things like that. Kind he, of intangible. He's not. 
he's not Fran Mill Reyes on the base paths. He can do work out there. He's a threat to run. And if he's not stealing bases, he's still advancing on stuff and making things happen on the bases, which is under undervalued. He just I want I want this guy hitting the top of the order, and I think it's time to give him a chance. Like he he's either going to make it or he's not. And where the team is right now, I think you just let him turn him loose, see what happens. Worst case, you give him a couple months with no pressure, just tell, expect him to fail for a few weeks, and then hopefully he figures it out with major league coaching and he's around guys that he played with in AAA last year. Mejia, Tatis, who he's good friends with, Reyes, Barajas, who's the bench coach for the Padres now, and he was the manager last year with AAA. Now's the time. Like, what's there, what's there to lose? Kinsler's not any better. Not getting any younger. No, and the, I get that there's not a – maybe there's not a, the most playing time for him right now until Kinsler gets moved or something like that, but I'd rather play him over Kinsler. Kinsler's never going to have this huge upside trade value. You're not going to get like a giant package built around old man Kinsler, <laughs> who's not even playing well. So just whatever. You're paying him $8 million a season. Sit him on the bench. He's a, ba- he's a backup. He's a platoon. Late inning, pinch hitter, whatever. Did, find a place for him. And Garcia, kind of the same. Maybe, Gar- maybe Garcia can play left field. I don't know. Stick him somewhere. But I want, <laughs> I want Arias playing second base. That's all. And if he fails... First of all, give him time to fail first. Sure. Don't give him a couple weeks and he fails and then send him back down again. I want to commit to him for the foreseeable future. Give him give him half a year. Let let him play out the rest of the season as the starting second baseman. See what happens. I don't know. What can't be can't say. be worse than it is right now. Or so you say. <laughs> Anywho, uh, let's get to. I wanted to talk about Keith Law's list. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Versus mine. So Keith Law, who I love, one of the more prickly guys on Twitter that you'll, if you follow Keith Law, you know he's prickly. He, really smart guy. Wicked smart. I value his opinion a lot, and he's witty and thoughtful and smart. But he he is very he can be very quick to uh, defense like defense mode on Twitter and even in his little chats that he runs on his website. Um, I, he, I think he needs to be a little I think he needs to loosen up a little bit. Basically, <laughs> he's he's wound very tight. He has no patience for morons and jackasses, which I respect. But at the same time. This is Twitter. This is social media. This is what, these are who's out there interacting with people. So I would advise him if I got to speak to him, Keith, I love you, dude, but like have a sense of humor about the morons that you interact with. Don't, don't be so defensive and quick to smash everybody who's a moron on Twitter. Cause you're going to be, you're going to be on there for a long time. If you do that, have a sense of the people are idiots, laugh at them, make a joke at them. You know, make a joke of them. Play with them. Yeah, just humor them. I don't know. But your your stress levels are going to decrease a lot if you did that. Anyway, let's talk about his list. <laughs> he did a top 50 with some honorable mentions. And maybe he's hard to get in contact with. I, I wanted to reach out to him and get him on the show. I know he did some local Padre 
radio in town, which he kind of does every year. He makes the rounds after he puts out a list. And I wanted to talk to him, but he's hard to get a hold of. Doesn't answer my messages. We'll get some, we'll get an intern on that. Anyway, he had Padres all over his top 50. Lots of young Padres too. And if you follow Keith at all, you know that Keith, like many other people, including me, are in love with Mackenzie Gore. He has Mackenzie Gore as the number two prospect in baseball. And how could you argue it? Because he put up a 107 ERA at high A as a 20-year-old. Went 7-1, and one, although wins and losses don't mean shit anymore. So, But he's striking everybody out. He doesn't allow any runs. He doesn't allow any home runs. He moved him up to double A. Awesome. He's, he's going to be a stud, and I think he could come up next year. And Keith is all on board. We both have him as the Padres' number one prospect. How could you not? Uh, Keith had Wander Franco as the number one prospect in baseball. Makes sense. Gore's a pitcher. Pitchers, it's hard to give a pitcher the number hard one spot. But number two prospect, we agreed with the Padres. He has Luis Patino. I have Luis Patino. Electric during the Futures game. We talked about that earlier. Really fun guy to watch. He and, he and Gore fed off each other a lot at Elsinore. Patino a little younger than Gore. And I think he's going to just be probably a few months behind him in terms of development. So maybe if Patino just keeps doing what he's doing at high A, they might leave him there all year. I'm not sure just to, I mean, why rush him? He's 19, <laughs> but he could be up double A soonish. And when you're a double A, you're already knocking on the door, the major leagues. You pitchers can frequently skip triple A because the level is similar and triple A ballparks. I mean, we talked about the Pacific coast league is a, it's a hitters league. And this is where they would play. So a lot of times teams will skip AAA for their high prospect or their high pitching prospects. Patino, 16 overall. That's awesome. He has Luis Urias as the third best Padres prospect at number 27. I had Luis Urias as Padres, number three. We talked about Urias a lot. Here's where he got wild. So he put... C.J. Abrams, the Padres' number one pick from this past year's draft. He was picked six overall. He put him at 28 overall already. And already thinks he's maybe too low on Abrams. Abrams at the ground running. It, it, like, there's no doubt about it. Started pro ball, played for a couple weeks, was just hitting everything. Didn't, didn't go without a hit for the first like two weeks of his career. But at the same time, he's 18 years old. He's playing a... Rookie ball, and it's a super small sample size. And he's a shortstop now, and he's real thin. He looks like D. Gordon out there. <laughs> Runs, has an 80-grade speed. We've talked about him on our show before. He he looks really good. A little limited with upside, in my opinion, because there's not going to be any power to his game, I don't think, ever. He's a little bigger than Urias, so maybe he develops like 10 to 15 homer power in, in Major League Baseball today. Everybody's hitting 20 home runs, so maybe he turns maybe he turns into that. But I just I think it's way too early to throw a top 30 prospect label on him. So I don't have him. Well, I have him at number nine in the pottery system. Keith has him number four, which I think is really aggressive. But hey, he's smarter than I am. So one way to look at it. Number five. This is one of my favorite prospects in the system. Or number five for Keith. He has him at 46 overall. Xavier Edwards. And I have Edwards at number six on my personal list. Maybe I'm too low on him because I really like him. He was the number uh, – well, he was the second Padre drafted last year. He was in the supplemental round after the Padres took Ryan Weathers, number seven overall. 
Xavier Edwards went, um, I think in the 30s, uh, supplemental pick. He's been he, – he hit the ground running equally as well as C.J. Abrams. He got to rookie ball, didn't look back. He's been at low A this year, tearing it up. So he's picked 38th overall. He was hitting 332 in low A as a 19-year-old. No power. I mean, he, he's hit one home run in his professional career so far. But runs really well, playing shortstop and second base. I think they're moving him to second. The, the shortstops are loaded in the system, so he's probably a second baseman long-term. And we've talked about him on the show too before, and you can read about him on my top 30 list. And he doesn't walk a ton, but that's because he hits everything. So kind of like Urias in the, in the minors. Just small, no power, hits everything, doesn't walk. don't need to walk because I hit everything. That's Xavier Edwards. And he actually runs more than Urias. So him and Abrams are the speedsters up the middle. Potential double play combo, maybe down the line, maybe next year. He got promoted to high A. As we mentioned earlier, uh, he's been he's been at high A for about a week now. He's got 21 at bats, uh, two stolen bases already, and he's hitting 238 and one walk. Like I said, he doesn't walk. But I love Xavier Edwards. He's he's done it longer than C.J. Abrams, and I mean he doesn't have he wasn't as picked high. The pedigree is not as good, although he was still a first round pick. So I'm just a little confused why we have a larger sample on Xavier Edwards than we do on C.J. Abrams. So. Why is Xavier Edwards not higher than than uh, Abrams on Keith Law's list? That's what I would ask him. And granted, the tools are better for Abrams. So there's a reason he got drafted in the top 10 and, and Edwards was not. But that's those are scouting reports on Edwards that were, you know, over a year old now. He's been playing at high, in the major or, uh, professional baseball for a season and a half and has been very good. So I, I trust that more than scouting report while he was in high school that's my opinion no and that's fair i, I think mean, it's i think it's fair i would love to talk to keith about that but like i said keith's been doing this a very long time worked in the blue jays front office has been working for espn as the baseball insider prospect analyst uh he knows he, what he's doing he's probably the goat one of the smartest guys in the prospect industry that you can sure so shut the fuck up ryan <laughs> Honorable mention, he threw Adrian Morihone. I had Morihone at number four on my list. So I like Morihone a little bit more. He pitched in the Futures game. Didn't show all of his pitches. He has a plus changeup that didn't really show in the Futures game. He's mid-rotation starter for me, and I think Keith would probably say the same thing. And, I mean, I have him in – if I did a top 100 list of all prospects, I think Morihone would probably be in the 70 range, hmm. maybe 80. So Rounding out that's the bottom. A, that's a good – no, if you're in the top 100, you're a very good prospect. All those guys are really good. And I think he's got a ton of potential to be an, a good major league starter. So that's why I have him at four. I think that's more hey. of a more of a safety ranking. Like, I'm just – I'm sure he's going to make it and be usable at the major league level. That's why I have him ahead of Xavier Edwards because he's in low A, and I need to see it at higher levels. So I love – you can go I – I have Edwards at six because I just love the potential – and you can only make it so far up my rankings based on just potential. I kind of need you to I need to see you perform a little, at the higher levels before I'm confident that you're going to be a dude. Now, Gore's an exception, Patino's an exception. They have no experience at Double A yet, but you can already tell with those guys. And Edward, typically typically you're you're more conservative on that. Yeah. But like I've got Edwards at 6. Uh I've got Ryan Weathers at 7. I've got Hudson Potts at 8 and CJ Abrams at 9. So, 
not not too too different. different. Not too different. He's got Abrams ahead of Xavier Edwards. I've got Edwards ahead of him, and a couple other guys. Um, I'm higher than on Maury Home than Keith is. Yeah, but that's about it. Um, I would love. We should try to get Keith on. He's he's like trying to find a, or catch a leprechaun, kind of <laughs> like chasing rainbows, and you just ne- you can never never grab him. But we'll reach out to his people. We'll have our people call his people. Our people is in me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get Monica to do it, but probably not. I'll probably end up doing it. I've been the, the most reliable guest booker on the show so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Very true. Try the uh, the SMC email. Yeah, maybe. Last thing we want to talk about today was the draft. So this is our first take topic of the day. Our first what? Our first take topic. Oh. First take. The show. Made. I see what you're doing. No, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> so we like the draft. I like the draft. I like to watch the draft. I like the draft lead up. Uh, some of the, the analysts during the draft aren't the best because, I don't know, Harold Reynolds doesn't follow prospects that much, and they have him up there talking about guys he doesn't really know. It's like when Charles Barkley does the CBS, uh, the the March Madness tournament, and he just crams for two weeks because he doesn't watch any college basketball. It's kind of <laughs> like that. Well, at least he's not talking about golf swings. I, I feel like <laughs> I know just as much as Harold Reynolds on these some of these guys. Shots fired. Yeah, come at me, Harold. I do like Carl Reynolds, but love him. Still He's come at me. Cool dude. So this is this topic is the draft good for baseball players? This comes up every couple of years. It's kind of a kind of a tired uh, beat the dead horse conversation, but it rears its head every couple of years. And I wanted to talk about it because I have a lot of feelings about the draft, mm. and not just this draft, but like the NBA draft and how it functions and is it good for players is it only good for teams i think it's good for everybody so here's my thoughts right off the bat players that are getting drafted top at the top of the draft so it only we're talking for the the elite guys who go early their rights are kind of what some people think are being infringed upon so like a guy i, I listen to dan lebatard thinks we should get rid of the draft and not, we're not just talking about baseball. He just the draft because is a is a young person, American, okay, American person <laughs> entering the workforce, uh-huh. which it is. You should have the right to choose where you go work and sign a contract with the team that you would like to work for. Why is that so weird? Like that's what every other job in the world does. Kind they, of. they should get to choose where they go. Kind of. If a, yeah, if, if you're a free agent, like let's say you have a skill set that all these top companies in an industry covet and you're the best in your field, let's say Zion Williamson or uh, Casey Mize, who went number one last year or two years ago, Adley Rushman, who went this year, everybody wants you. Why don't you get to choose where you go? I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I think the draft is good for everybody. Here's why... I, I think it's fine the way it is. Adley Rushman is going to get paid or did get paid already millions of dollars to go. To, he wants to play baseball. There's one baseball league. He wants to join that organization. So think of baseball as one big entity. And they, mm-hmm. have, they have branch offices all over the country. Right. So with, with all, I'll help your, 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 I'm your, going your, your train of thought. I'll give help me, you. Well, you don't need, give me one second here. Okay. They have, they have branches all over the company, offices. So, well, I was just going to say, 
baseball as an entity is the industry, right? So you've already yeah. selected the industry. Now you're getting into it and you're looking at all the, the, the all corporate the teams, headquarters. All the right? teams are partners. They, right, they, they all are. They, they share revenue. Share money. They share taxes. They, they, share, they hire a commissioner together. Right. The commissioner works for them. Yes. It's one organization. And it's kind of, so think of Dunder Mifflin. The headquarters is in New York. <laughs> and they have branch offices all over the Northeast. Okay. If Scranton is struggling, they're going to send their top dude to Scranton to, f- to fix it up, right? And if he doesn't like it, you can go do something else. Like Dunder Mifflin's not for you. But if you enjoy working at Dunder Mifflin, your, your goal your whole life was to work for Dunder Mifflin. You want to be at Dunder Mifflin. You don't really care where. You're getting paid a very good salary. Yeah, I'll go live in Scranton for a few months and help them out in, or a few years. Like, uh, and you, you have an off-season. Let's say Scranton, Dunder Mifflin gives you an off-season where six months out of the year you are on vacation because that's what these players all have. And you're making millions of dollars. Go put your go buy a house in South Beach and then live there in the off season. But for now, the draft makes sense because you want all of your teams to be healthy. Because if all the teams are healthy, the league is healthy. We're seeing comparing it to the leagues that don't have a draft. So like English Premier League, La Liga, all the football places. How many teams? Like we're casual soccer fans. How many EPL teams do you think have a legitimate chance to win the EPL title every year? Out of, what is it, 22 teams? How many do you think have a, a, a real chance to win? Five. I was going to say five, too. La Liga, how many, th- how many teams? Three. I would, I would go under. I would say two. I'd say three. Okay, Atletico. Has, you're right. Atletico has the out, an there, outside there's some, chance. There's some variables. I mean, like... Atletico Madrid, like Bilbao, could surprise you. Sevilla will surprise you. To win, though? They could surprise you and finish, like, top three or four, but I don't think they're going to. Sevilla. Gonna... There's, Sevilla. Two, there's two teams. It's Real Madrid and it's Barcelona. Right. That's what I'm saying, three. <laughs> there's, like, there's the one contender who y- you might – they might get And it. those are really popular leagues and really popular teams, obviously, but – The same can be said with, with the German Bundesliga. Yeah, the problem is your league's not competitive anymore. Like, right. what's competitive, the only reason why it works the way it does is because they have Champions League, and you can move your top four teams to Champions League, and Champions League involves all these other countries, and it's a show, and you, it's a, a different thing that you can root for. Way more money. Yeah, so that's why they're successful. But we don't have Champions League. Right. We have one league. And you want your product to be as competitive as it can be. And we see the parity with the NBA, or not the NBA, we see the parity in the NFL and in Major League Baseball, and the draft helps out a ton with that. Now, baseball, you don't see an immediate impact from players drafted. It takes a couple years. NFL, though, those guys are impact players right away and can change or should be. and change franchises around quickly. You can, you've seen it. Right. NBA is a little different. They they had to institute a lottery because teams were tanking so much. Baseball, I don't think, has a tanking problem. Because the draft is useful, but it doesn't change your franchise in a year or two. You get the top right. pick every couple of years. It doesn't really help you immediately. Right. And we're seeing some teams bottom out, like the Orioles and the Marlins. But they're bottoming out just because they know they don't have a chance to win. It doesn't really have anything to do with the draft. 
Like they care about getting a higher draft pick, but they're not tanking for the number one pick like they do in the NBA. It it doesn't make any sense because the top. Well, well, isn't, isn't, I mean, Miami, they were tanking. But not, they're not like Zion Williamson's the number one pick. We have to tank for Zion. Sure. They're, they're getting, they're expending their, all their like veteran players because they have to start over and there's only one way to start over and it's signing international free agents. It's the draft. It's trading major league talent to get prospects back. It's a combination of all these things, right. not just tanking for the draft. That's part of it. But anyway, I think the draft, if you got rid of the draft, all of a sudden you're hurting a bunch of teams that are not destinations for players. So like Milwaukee would struggle. What player outside the state of Wisconsin wants to sign with the Milwaukee Brewers if the Yankees want them or the Red Sox want them? Or the Dodgers want them. Destination places. Big markets, successful Hell, teams. Even Cleveland. <laughs> it's the rich that get richer system. Yeah. And we see that with Spain and English Premier Leagues. Players want to sign with Liverpool or they want to sign with Tottenham. They want to sign with Barcelona and Real Madrid. They don't want to sign with throw me throw me a name here. Uh Valencia bankrupt. No, Valencia Valencia is okay. Um Real Betis. Nobody. They don't. You'll sign with Real Betis if Mallorca. <laughs> Mallorca. You'll sign with them if like that's that's the only team that's interested in you. Like you're happy just to make that level. They they take a chance on you because they can't sign anyone else. So they're looking at you now. They'll give you maybe a little more money than Real Madrid was because Real Madrid can already sign all the top guys. Sure. So the draft for us balances the league, and it makes ratings better. It makes all the teams better. Everyone generates more money. It makes the the league, which is the thing we care about, healthier. And you give more teams a chance to win, which might not sound fair to the the top teams that are run the best, run the most efficiently, have the better scouts, have the better analytics departments. They still have an advantage because they're still smarter. And you can sign international free agents. You find weaknesses in the the trade market. Um, Even in the draft, the draft is so long, you, you find... You can get players that you want, maybe not in the first couple rounds, but if you're finding guys later, third, fourth, fifth round, if you like that player, you have a good chance of getting him because there's so many players in the MLB draft. It's It all comes down to how good is your scouting department at a certain level. And so players don't get to choose where they go. Maybe that sounds unfair to the player, but that's what he he wants to go play baseball. This is how it works. It's not a, It's not a regular business. It has to, the baseball wants to make sure that all of its teams have a fair competitive advantage. Yeah, a, not an advantage. Ha, have a Sorry. balanced playing field, even though there's no salary cap. I think the no, the no salary cap works for baseball. I would support a salary floor where teams, so like this would help discourage, well, it wouldn't discourage tanking, but it would make sure that players are taken care of. So like, let's say, they do the same in the NBA. The salary floor is 90% of the salary cap. So you have to spend that every year on who's on your team. So let's say the Marlins uh, spent $56 million on salary this year. I just made that number up. But the salary floor is $80 million. So at the end of the season, if they didn't end up paying all their players $80 million, they only paid $56 million out. Fine. No, they would give bonuses to the rest of the players to get up to $80 million. Okay. The NBA does this. And 
it works. So like the players, I think the players association would love that. The ownership, the ownership wouldn't, I don't think ownership would ever agree to that. And I think the players would have a tough time bringing this to the table in the, in the bargain collective bargaining boardroom. I think that'd be a very thing, hard thing to get past because yeah. owners don't want to spend more money, but it would help making sure that those players on the truly terrible teams are taken care of. But we see plenty of parity in baseball. Like the Marlins or the, the Orioles are historically bad right now, but they're going to get a chance to rebuild it, and they have all the resources to do it. They hired some really smart people. They're acquiring young talent. They traded, let Adam Jones go. They trade. I mean, they're stuck with Chris Davis for now. God, uh, traded or traded Manny Machado last year. Like this is kind of how you have to rebuild and they'll go through the draft and they're signing international free agents for the first time. They were a dumb franchise for a long time and they missed out on all these international free agents that they just wouldn't sign. But teams have academies overseas. They're getting players younger and younger. Basically, I think the draft is fine the way it is. Players are taken care of just fine and then they want to play professional sports. That's just kind of how... That's how you enter the workforce. You go to the team that picks you. They have your rights because we want a balanced league. And then you're a free agent in six years. So what's the problem? You can do whatever you want. Go to Japan like Carter Stewart just did. I think that's a really good idea for a young player. So coming out of high school, you go to Japan. You make millions right away. So you got paid like $7 million over five, six years, I think. And by the time he comes back, he'll be a young man, 24, 25, and a free agent. He got to pick where he was going to go in Japan. He signed with a team, pro team there. Comes back here when he's 20, he can sign anywhere he wants. I, lo- I love that career move. And I-, I don't think it's for everybody. We talked about this before too. Definitely not for everybody. But because there's a there's an off-season in baseball, you get to come home during that. It's not like you're stuck there in Japanese purgatory for six years. You can come home in the off-season. There are options for young players. That's basically what I'm getting at. You have options out of the draft, if you're the, one of the top players... You have a lot of options. Well, you're going to get paid a ton of money. Right. And you're going to go live in a maybe an undesirable place for a couple years. Maybe you're in the minor leagues. Wherever you go, you're stuck in the minor leagues, and it's not going to be a really fun city. But you got paid a lot, and in the offseason, you can go live wherever you want. And then in a few years, after some patience, you're a free agent. Then you can literally sign anywhere you want. Anyway, that's what do you got for me? Well... I mean, I went through the library that I have at home, and there's a couple books that talk about drafts and stuff like that. One of the books being um, Diamond Dollars from Vince Gerano, who has a podcast with um, Columbia University and the MBA program. And so in his book, he basically just like reiterates what you were going on about. Like assembling superior playing talent is the primary enabler of winning games. But it's also the largest cost component of owning and running a big league ball club. So, I mean, it's like teams are faced with the decision, right, from the organizational standpoint. Are you going to build your, your, your roster or are you going to buy your roster, right? Well, it's not the 90s or the 80s anymore where the Yankees were buying right. their rosters. I- teams are smarter today and they figured out how to build your team the right way. Look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers are full of young, homegrown talent, and they're going to be good for much longer but they're also, than, they just, than just buying, which they can't no, 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 supplement no, no. your team that way. The, yeah. the, the, I, I, obviously, this thing is a little outdated. <laughs> oh, God. We, we know this. Yeah. But the, the, the logic 
of, of what's laid out here hasn't really changed all that much. Sure, the build versus buy, it's just a matter of knowing how to manipulate your finances to do it most cost efficiently to get the right kind of players, right? I'm just asking you, do you think the draft is fair to players? Or should it just be free agency, just like chaos? So no, it can't not, be... Not chaos. Chaos is... I'm, I'm, kind of putting a, a it, bad spin I, on I want to be neutral on that when I'm asking you. So I get, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. So it's like, should it just be a, a free agency? Like when you're eight, when you're eligible, can you just be allowed to sign where, should you be allowed to sign wherever you want? No, I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's up to baseball because baseball is the company that you want to work for. So when you apply so, so, for a job we'll, we'll, right. to MLB, so hold on, hold like, on. Like, Hey, we can't, I mean, we can't hire you for the office in New York, but we'll hire you for the office in Oklahoma city and we'll pay you really well. I'm just, these aren't like real scenarios, yes. but you'll, we can, we can hire you in Oklahoma city. We're going to pay you a lot of money and go work there. It's, that's basically what it is. And you're like, yeah, I can do that. Or like in the NFL, we see guys hold out in, in demand trades or whatever. We saw that with famously with John Elway and then Eli Manning. I mean, it happens once in a while, but. I, th- I think it's a I think it's a totally fair system, and uh, you hear arguments where it's it's not. But should you be allowed to be a free agent? You kind of are because you're choosing to go work for for them, and they want you, and you agree to go to this place. That's see, but the other thing would be like for you to be a good prospect. This would be the other argument. You need scouts to be looking at you, and if you're not in some sort of area or locale or school where there's just a hotbed of talent, scouts are not even going to pay any attention. Well, they, they find people everywhere now, so it's a different era. You, you, talent doesn't hide anymore. They, they find players all over the country. So, like, even cold-weather guys that don't have a lot of at-bats, New York, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania that we talk about, they have short seasons because, you know, high school baseball starts in spring. So, ends in summer. So, like, they, some of those guys don't get a ton of the bats. They have to go travel ball. They play indoors. Uh, they're, but scouts find them still. They're, there's nowhere for these guys to hide. No, well, to your point, there's no place for them to hide because they have the organizational structure of the draft. If that wasn't the case, then, like you said, it would be chaos. Well, there's no... Because there's and no there's, system. There's no international draft. No, 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 no. no but there's no, but there's, no, there's no system on how to vet the players, right? Like the whole system of vetting and figuring out where to sign them and pick them up is based on the fact that there is a draft, right? But I just, what I was saying is there's no international draft and it still works fine. There, scouts have no problem finding the guys playing on the dirt field in the little Dominican but, town but, and they sign them to hundreds of thousands of dollars right away. But they do so differently. And the players get to choose who they sign with, theoretically, assuming there's no but that's shady, what I'm saying. Assuming like, there's no shady business going on behind but, closed doors. But there is that that different that different route, right? Like assume assume you're an American and you decide, kind of like Bryce Harper, that you don't want to go to a college, you don't want to just enter a draft, you want to do junior college, or you want to go play internationally. Right? Younger guys do have that option, so they can right. go play internationally. They or in high school and they're getting looked at by teams maybe that they don't want to play for, go to, go to junior college, go to, go to college and then try the draft in a couple more years. And you kind of just get to spin the wheel again and see who comes up. And so, and you're playing for minor league team. A lot of these guys, even if you're really good in the minors, you're, you'd be part of a trade package. So whoever drafts you, 
you're going to some minor league town. They're all kind of the same. They all kind of suck. Why does it matter if you're in Fort Wayne or if you're in Tulsa? Because you're still living in the middle of nowhere. No one there from there is listening to us anyway, so we can we can talk crap on them. But there's no one living there anyway. You're still riding the same crappy buses from town to town. You're still not making any money annually for a salary, even the top guys. So hopefully you got a good signing bonus. But life on, on the road for minor leaguers is just kind of going to be crappy no matter where you go. And it's going to take you five years, four years to get to the majors. Who knows where you're going to be by then? Because you can get traded. You, The thing with – even if there was free agency – you could sign with like, oh, I've always wanted to play for the Yankees. The Yankees want me. Sweet. I'm going to sign with the Yankees. I'm going to be a Yankee. Yankees trade you a week later. Not a, well, not a week later, but they, they could trade you a year later to the Orioles. The, the <laughs> Orioles. Literally. Yeah, they could. The Orioles have Manny Machado. The Yankees want to get Manny Machado. We'll give you this. This kid's really good. Uh, we'll trade him to you for Manny Machado. And they're like, yeah. And now you're on the, now you're on the damn Orioles. So unless you want to get rid of trades too. Why is the draft so bad? I don't think it is. That's that's my whole take. The other thing would be the the whole reverse clause issue, right? Then that's like always the CBA unions and I think that's the bigger issue of just like players' rights, right? Yeah. And whose team whose side are you on? Everyone wants to talk about which side are you on? Are you a player guy? You you want the rights for the players, the millionaires, or are you on the, the side of the, the owners, the billionaires? Like who, whose side are you? I don't really care. I have no, I have no dog in that race. Right. So let them fight it out themselves. That's what the, that's what the collective bargaining agreement's for. If the players really hate a draft, they don't want to draft. I think Tony Clark brought this up. That's why we're talking about it. He's the head of the PA. Then bring it up during the negotiations. You do one every five, six, seven years anyway. So bring it up then. Now it's good that there is a union that, that can defend that. They have because, a really powerful union. They have right. the best union in sports. They get guaranteed salaries. You get Tommy John, blow your arm out, you're getting your full salary. But if you were somebody younger and you didn't want to be a baseball player and you wanted to enter an industry like we were using in the beginning, yeah. let's assume you wanted to go into... Um, Dunder Mifflin. An MBA program. Okay. You're going to have to do the, the... Well, not all schools are requiring it now, the, the GMAT. Yeah. Or the GRE. Um, if you want to go into the industry of law, you have to do the LSAT. Uh-huh. You want to be a baseball player, you need to be vetted by some scouts who are then going to draft you. And I guess that's just kind of the progression that it's kind of the route that's out there. If you want to get into this industry, that's kind of what's there. If you want to be a football player, you're going to have to go to a college. If you're a young kid, and you're a top draft pick, like you're in the first couple rounds, mm-hmm. you should just be happy that baseball wants you because you want to be a baseball player more than anything, and they want you. This should be the happiest time of your life, not complaining that, oh, the White Sox took me. I really wanted to go to Houston. <laughs> Plus, like not, you get to be a professional baseball player, a professional whatever player. Does it really matter where you go? For, for the season's not even – season's like six, seven months long. Plus, you're like 18, 19 years old. You can't even legally drink. And they just threw the city, a couple million dollars at you. The city that you're in doesn't really matter all that much. I don't think it matters that much either. And they're not even in those cities yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you get drafted by the Cubs. You're going to Chattanooga. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to Iowa City. You're not going to Chicago. Right. You go to Chicago for the press conference and put on the jersey and take some pictures. And then they put you on a plane and send you 
I don't even know if they put you on a plane. <laughs> they might, they, <laughs> the top prospects, they might put you on a plane. They bust you. But anyway, that's draft, good draft talk. Let's get out of here. Skedaddle. Good show today. Uh, please follow our new Twitter account, at Fire Farmhands. Please, please, please. On the, on the Twitter. It's, it's new. We're going to be putting our shows up on there. All, other, of our, all of our thoughts and feelings. Our real business intellectual property content. If you enjoy the show, <laughs> someone out there enjoys the show, please remember to, to subscribe. Let me try that again. If you enjoy the show, please remember to subscribe. We're available on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify. Did I say Spotify? You said Spotify. Okay. Isn't again. it, it iHeart Radio? Yeah. But you can, I think you download we stuff just, on there. We just, no, but we always just say iHeart. Yeah, people know what that is. I know, but. It's 2019. I started watching the new show, Euphoria. Okay. I am so disconnected from like, <laughs> like I've, I've gone, I've gotten too old for that show. Like it's a very well done show, but it's about young kids, you know, coming of age, doing drugs, like exploring sex. And there's lots of penises in the show. Um, first erect penis I've seen on a television show. Hmm. So that was super. Usually it's boobs. No, there's, there's boobs. And usually like Game of Thrones, you see like a floppy penis. It was a sticking straight out penis. But I think, I mean, it's a really good show and I want to get into it because I was recommended it by a few people that I like. And the whole time I'm just thinking, watching these kids and their problems and they're I'm just like, none of this matters, you guys. <laughs> Reliving high school. All or... these crappy issues you're dealing with are so small in the, in the big world that we're in. Why the hell does any of this matter? That's the whole. That's what the whole time I'm thinking that. Because it gets the people going. Read your thing. Did you read it already? <laughs> no, I read didn't. it again. You can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcasts and the Friar Farmhands. At, at Friar Farmhands, yeah. Please be sure to leave your comments, questions, concern, and a rating of the show on all your favorite platforms. You've been listening to Believe and Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For John, I'm Ryan. See you guys later. Toward your destination Though you may find from time to time I need to start keeping like bets with you. Like running things where like I challenge you on something and and you're wrong. Like I need to win something for that. It happens at least once a show. You start pooping on the mic and then I have to come in with the correct thing and then we have to cut all this crap. Poop poop. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.